All right, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to JavaScript Jam Open Mic. Thank you for joining us. Let's see, we got Loki out there from SalesConf discussion earlier. Thanks for joining. Um, it's just gonna be me today. No Scott and no Ishan. So hopefully we get some people out there who want to come join and speak. I'm gonna throw an invite. Right now to Jason, Jason, longtime follower of the show, and yeah, uh, for anyone who wanted to go back and listen to a last week's episode, I did a whoopsies and forgot to hit the record button, so might recap some of the things that talked about um, on last week's, just kind of for posterity's sake, and if anyone wants to kind of get that in audio form, we talked a bit about the Stack Overflow 2023 results. We got Bro Nifty. I'll throw you an invite as well. Yeah, and today's topics we have kind of two big headline stories. We got Spelt 4 coming around, and then we also got some developments in 11D, which are a bit ambiguous. But um, looks like Jason accepted the invitation. What's up, man? How you been? I'm good. Yeah, what's uh, what's new in the life of Jason? Oh, you know, the same old grind. Yeah, yeah. Trying to keep trying to keep consulting clients happy. I'm actually wrapping up a meeting right now, so I'm a little double booked at the moment. But uh, okay, yeah. Well, I appreciate you hopping up. Feel free to drop if you you need to. And Bro Nifty, what's up with you, man? Hey, what's up? What is up? Thank you for joining. You guys will be my fill-in co-host as long as you <laughs> accept the duty of being up here. But uh, yeah, feel free to hop whenever if you need to. Anyone got fun things they're working on dev-wise? No, uh, not really. Not really. No. That's all right. Anything you want to be doing fun dev-wise. If you had an infinite amount of time, what would you be doing? Infinite? Oh my goodness. Um the that's a whole different question right <laughs> well because of you, because of you uh because you brought it up so many times and I, i've been meant to look at it redwood redwood seems really cool oh, man. cool man that's great happy to hear that it sounds interesting to you i guess like my big kind of like the million dollar question around redwood is how do you feel about graphql yeah i was just listening to the um pod rocket it's like it takes so long for me to get through stuff because I like stop so many times and I'm like reflecting on what somebody is saying. Anyways, sure. I, I need to get I need to get through this podcast, but it's it's the latest Pod Rocket with, with Tom. Uh, yeah, not, not to not to not to uh, chill for a competing podcast. Sorry, I don't mean to you know get. Uh, no, Rocket, to... We're we're good friends with Pod Rocket. Don't worry. I've been okay. on Pod yeah. three times. <laughs> cool, cool. So, so so yeah. So I was just listening to that, uh, and then the uh, the founder there. I guess he was a GitHub founder too. A bunch of he's he's a founder like everything on the internet. Yeah, Tom Preston Warner. Yeah, and, homie. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he was he was talking about the 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 barrier to entry for GraphQL, as you mentioned, and he says you want to um, bring in a little RSC in there, do some uh, server side uh, rendering, servers, uh, you know, some some uh, RSC to complement it to make it a little bit easier, so you can switch between GraphQL or or React server components, however you want to render. Uh, your friend, you can kind of he wants to make it interchangeable. So I thought that was kind of a neat concept there. Yeah, there's kind of like two interesting things going on. And um, I'm actually not as involved in Redwood as I used to be a couple years ago, but um, I still just kind of like continue to promote it and talk about it. So 
I haven't been in any like the meetings where they've really talked about reaction or components yet. The fact that they are talking about it makes me want to kind of jump back into the to the fray. But I think the the two interesting angles is one is like if we do this and we do this right and we have keep our GraphQL roots, this would be the only way to do GraphQL React Server components together because like just getting it to work in like Next is already so freaking complicated and then kind of retrofitting that for GraphQL, I can only imagine the amount of like things you're going to have to take into consideration. So that's something you want a framework to do for you. But then other people, when they read Tom's announcement blog post, which I'll link in a second, their takeaway is that he was saying Red was moving away from GraphQL. And I'm not sure if I really read that in the blog post, but that was, that's what some people took away from it, which I found kind of interesting. <laughs> so the, the question of kind of how bought into GraphQL Red was going to be into the future seems to be in debate. So that's something that I kind of need to dig into more and figure out what Tom's thoughts are there. So if we got someone... Coming up, a new, new person. Hello? Hey, hi. Can you hear me? I can. Hello. Feel free to introduce yourself. So I, I work in Next, and like you said, it, it is it is crazy. It's it's really annoying to work in it when it comes to um, dealing with server-side props. Mm-hmm. And um, so I moved. I, I am a long-time subscriber. I used to hear Thursday's JavaScript uh, oh, cool Java house. talk earlier when I guess Scott Scott used to host it or something mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I, I finally came here but yeah well thank you for joining next, oh. <laughs> you're welcome uh, I, I just joined to know what what's cooking new in JavaScript right now great great so when you do next is this for your work or for personal projects or what what is that it's it's for work I would never want to do next for my personal project <laughs> that's funny so if you were doing a personal project what would you like to do I would like to go back to React Native. Ah, interesting. So you're more of like a mobile dev. Yeah, I, I was a mobile dev and I moved to the web development. My company just shifted me to a different domain. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense why that would be hard and confusing because, you know, mobile, that's like the ultimate client-side only development. You don't really think about the, the server at all. I don't do, I've not done mobile development personally, but that's at least my kind of perception of it. Yeah, so lately now, um, I don't know if you guys uh, have explored the ad tech domain. So they moved me more in towards the advertising domain where I have to handle all these scripts and load them. So one of my questions actually uh, that I was intending to ask was related to AMP pages. Even though I work in the web development, I am I have to make specific pages to load uh, on the mobile app that is AMP that was developed by Google earlier. Totally. Yeah. I mean, my knowledge of AMP mostly just comes from through like the hardcore hatred that has emanated towards it from the entire web. So I guess I would ask, like, is that a requirement that's kind of just coming up from corporate or like what is have they told you kind of why they feel the need for AMP pages at all? Because I was under the impression that AMP was being phased out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to convince my lead and my managers that we need to switch out of AMP. And um, the thing is, they already have these AMP pages running on for years and years. And they, don't just, they just don't want to cut, cut that out because that's generating revenue for them. And uh, I'm just trying to find hardcore points that can validate that AMP no more can generate that much amount of money than having regular JavaScript pages. Because AMP basically cuts out your JavaScript completely. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question that um I will ping Ishan and kind of get his take on. He's someone who he was kind of an amp defender. I know that he he felt that it was pretty underrated, but I think that even him he would admit that amp kind of lost the war even if it won some battles. So I'll be curious if he would like. I mean, like we don't do amp pages for Edgeo. That's for for dang sure. Ah, oh, okay, okay. But um, yeah. Let me um just do that. Real quick. Thank you for joining. Really, really appreciate it. Feel free to kind of hop into the discussion at any point if you want to. And I'll ping Ishan and see if he has kind of thoughts on the the AMP world. Have either you, Jason, or Bronif, do you done much with AMP? Uh, if Jason has nothing, I don't want to hog the mic. But I have I worked with a tiny, 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 tiny little bit. Um, it was like it was something to help you with mobile apps, right? So better reading experience. It's kind of like cached, cached your, your, your blog and stuff or for like mobile apps. It was like, there was like a construction website app that they had for, for AMP that you like help, help uh, app developers build for small businesses and like have a quick, quick page, uh, cache, cache the page. Is that what, what the deal was? I didn't, I only I did a little bit. I, I didn't really get into it. I, I think in the earlier days, AMP was necessary to load the pages faster because we didn't have all these server side drops generating and we didn't have what Next does now. I'm just trying to find a, a very valid argument to raise up with my management team that we don't need AMP anymore because I don't see the purpose that it serves anymore. One thing I noticed was that uh, the markup is really messy. Uh, the the output is, is bad. Like, it's not good for... Uh, I didn't like trying to uh, to to uh, debug or to parse through. To, like visually, I look at it and just look like a mess, and so I don't like messy code. So I just I just threw it I just threw it away. I said this is ugly. I can't. Do it. <laughs> I wish I could make that decision. I used to be. <laughs> oh, what about you, Jason? Yeah, for, fortunately for me, I I was managed to avoid dealing with AMP when it was popular. But it, I mean, it kind of. I think I, I try to under, I understand why they were trying to do what they did uh, with the specification to make like a stripped down web experience that is going to make web pages load faster on crappy mobile phones on crappy mobile networks. So it makes a lot of sense, um, but in some ways, it's probably it may have outlived its uh, usefulness. Not that we have super fast networks and not all of us are on super awesome phones, but uh, it it definitely seems like it was. It was a, a problem. It was solving a problem of its era, just like most technologies. And I, can, I was trying to find if Mattel is, uh, if he's kind of, I can't remember if he publicly stepped back from AMP. I know when he left Google and went to Vercel, that was, a, you know, that was one thing. But I, I can't remember if there was more public discourse on, on what happened with AMP, given his early involvement in it. Who was that? Mattel Ubel. Mattel Ubel. I think I'm getting his pronunciation correct. I'm horrible with names. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. He's like VP of is he VP of engineering at Vercel these days? Ah, Used to be at Google. That would make sense. Hey, we got Jen. Yeah, good crowd out there. We also got minus one vortex from Open Sauced hanging out. Yeah, I wish I had um some more words of wisdom for you on the the amp pages. But do not. But I pinged Ishan. We'll see what he says. Actually, I gotta put all these all these things on the jumbotron real quick. So here's the the blog post from Tom where he talks about React server components. I should include his his Pod Rocket episode 
as well. I'm a big fan of Pod Rock. It looks like Mishko just came back as well for another episode. Get that on Jumbotron as well. And then here is last week's issue. Have other people up on the panel been in the Svelte world yet? I think it's, you know, to me, uh, as someone who uses lots of different front-end frameworks, like Svelte almost feels like old school at this point, but I'm sure people here probably may not have even used Svelte yet. So be curious, like, Bronifty or Jason, or if any of you have experience with Svelte. Just a very small amount of it. Uh, they had a nice, some nice defaults for, um, like, animations on the front end. Like when you, if you're like doing a to-do list, it like kind of fa- does like nice, just everything's nice defaults for like the animations, the way it updates and everything like that. And then um, like their for loops and different things like that, like makes it kind of easy to. to... Yeah, it's got some syntactic sugar for, for things like for loops, which people can be kind of kind of split on. I think once you learn it, it's not that, that challenging. Yeah, with spelt it's uh it was one of the first ones that really leaned into saying we have a programming language that we have written even though it's a templating language it's also kind of like its own language onto itself which i think if it's well thought out you know there's a lot of a lot of merit to that so the has interesting syntax and then the animation part that's kind of a factor of its history it was created by rich either at new york times or the guardian i'm forget which one he was at at the time yeah it was new york times by that point yeah so it was like more interactive type news articles like you know when you have all these like a chart of you know united states while all these polling things are happening you got interesting animations happening there so having good animation that's also still really snappy rich i believe just got married or at least had a wedding so you know was, uh, he had a fun video of him rolling his audience so does anyone else have things they want to talk about on Svelte before we move on to 11D? The 11D news was pretty interesting. It was a bit ambiguous the way he worded it. I kind of feel like whatever happened, Zach didn't want to come out and say it kind of forthrightly. He basically said that mm, 11D's current sponsorship model is no longer a thing. Someone's requesting to come up and then let me share the the blog post. This is something that Jen's following, so I'm counting on you, Jen, to not be following a rando. Amit, hello, are you here? Well, yes, I am here. Y'all, hey, what's up, man? You want to introduce yourself to the audience? I am a software developer. I have worked with a lot of programming languages, including JavaScript too. Cool. Um, do you have something you want to contribute to the discussion here, or a question you want to ask? Uh, well, I want to take part in the discussion about JavaScript because I used JavaScript when it was only front-end uh, uh, JavaScript, but nowadays it's also back-end <laughs> too. Interesting, interesting. I was actually just listening to um, Lex Friedman had Mark Andreessen on, who was the one who was running the browser where JavaScript was first created, and he was highlighting how it was first written as a front-end and back-end language but that took a very very long time for it kind of to reach the point where people actually used it as a back-end language i don't know i like node i think that go and net and even things like you know php with laravel or elixir with phoenix there's very there's a whole lot of great reasons to use other back-end languages 
but I think the the claim that like you gotta write your whole thing in JavaScript no matter what is a bit bunk. But I think also I like Node, so you know it's nice that we have so many great options on the back end. I think. Anything else you wanna you wanna share? I'm Matt. It looks like you have a YouTube channel. You create content. Yes, time to time I create content. Developers don't make content. That's crazy. Do you think that we can like speak and write? I thought we were all illiterate. Do you have something to add, Jason? I, w- I was just thinking about how for probably nearly 20 years, no one wanted to put PHP on their resumes, and now it's back. And I guess Facebook kept it alive, and then now we've got Laravel. And uh, who's that guy buying Lambos with PHP? Uh, Taylor Otwell. I think with PHP, yeah. like it was the thing to use for a while, even though other things were – people were writing backends and Python or Perl – and then PHP kind of came in, and I would imagine people who were probably writing other languages, they they kind of derided it for historical reasons that are probably I don't have a really good insight into. But it, it always had this perception of being the underdog, but then it actually became the thing that everyone used. It was by far the most used thing at a certain point in time, LAMP stack. So then when the underdog becomes the champion, that's where all the resentment then comes in. Yeah, so unless you were building a blog, PHP was the uh, the untouchable thing. Does it, Jason, did you have insight into the way, re, uh, not React, excuse me, um, Meta Facebook uses uh, the PHP back there? I don't know about it. All I know is like WordPress. Uh, I don't have any insight. Yeah, so I know a little bit about this. If you uh, all link this, there's a really interesting thing called XHP. This is like the Rosetta Stone, actually, to figuring out how all this stuff developed, because Facebook historically was built with a PHP backend, so when we talk about the LAMP stack, like, that was probably the most famous epic version of the LAMP stack that ever existed, like, the sum total of Facebook, and they built this thing called XHP, which was a PHP extension language that lets you write HTML in your PHP. Sound familiar? That then inspired JSX, which allowed people writing HTML in their JavaScript. So that's kind of like the story of how those things relate to each other. Yeah, I, I gather uh, you, you have the WordPress like files on files on files, like the, the, the just like abominable like file structure and like all the rules you have to memorize to <laughs> all the different like this, everything you have to like get, you have to really get deep deep into the domain knowledge it's easy to like okay we can just spin up a wordpress site and you've got everything you need for a blog like all in one but then now you want to maintain it you want to um besides just adding plugins from the admin ui and um creating a new post whatever um or, or just choosing a theme from uh, the store if you want to make anything custom on it then you really have to get deep into the domain knowledge and it's not really i i don't know more about the php languages of the other frameworks because there's other things too like joomla and other things that they use i think brad traverty started out in the php world he's yeah most of those are still being used by people who like just want a pure cms but don't want to use wordpress for any reason i think the average dev probably not dealing with Joomla too much anymore. I would just want to add one thing over here. In um, one, some of the websites that I work, we use uh, WordPress as our backend and we use Next as our frontend. Well, and 
It's partly a user interface thing because there's so many content creators, people that write blog content. I'm a big uh, believer in uh, management as well. I, I think people's degree are, are kind of, uh, I don't have a good word, but they are critical of, of, of the middle layer, middle management, stuff like that. In some, ca- in some cases, uh, the argument against like, or the argument saying that having a, like a middle management layer that doesn't know how to code and is just sort of like a timekeeper or whatever, that is counterproductive. Yes, I agree. But like having people who know what's going on and can and understand the tech and can um, help facilitate ideas and keep things um, in order and like on time, there is, oh, there, that, that, is, that is a cultural standard. They're providing a cultural standard, which is like, it's, it's really hard to quantify that. I mean, I guess you could quantify it. Yeah, management it is a good metric. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, anything else anyone want to talk about? What, uh, what about the latest Next.js app directory canary build of React drama? It's mostly a semantical argument around what does a canary mean if you're using canary in a major framework that people are shipping as not canary? Does it still count as canary? To me, it kind of came across like a huge bike-shedding argument. Well, allegedly, Next runs on React canary just all the time. So the term canary then is like if you run on react canary you're usually assuming you're on the bleeding edge stuff that could break at any point in time if you're using next.js you're not assuming that you're assuming it's stable and what this means for framework authors versus just pure react dev i was having a hard time trying to figure out what stance either of them were taking (laughs) so that's why to me it kind of came across as semantics so i probably just didn't read it close enough because to me, I usually see this Twitter drama, and if it goes on for more than 10 tweets, I, I'm like, I'm checking out. I threw out, I was like, hey, we got an open docket tomorrow, JavaScript Jam, you guys want to come and hack this out in person? Neither of them responded, so I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, well, if no one else has any topics they want to get into, we'll probably start wrapping it up. Cool. Well, thank you everyone who came up and joined the discussion. This was a lot of fun. Uh, feel free to tap those names and follow people who are up here and yeah we'll be here likely not same time next week who may be an hour earlier but you know it'll be wednesday and yeah thank everyone for joining have a good day